Yo, what up? Welcome back to Four Foot Podcast. Happy New Year, everyone. Metal Matt here. We got the J-Lo in his new studio setting up the record player. We saw where the vinyl's getting getting stored. Looking, oh, nice. looking pretty it. tight. He's got his Nordic track behind him. He's looking to get over back in shape a little bit. We got the Wild Bill with his Notre Dame hat on. Always flying that flag. Respect, brother. Respect. Ride or die. Speaking of flags, look at that gold chain. Look at that Super Bowl. Look at Eagles. Look at Eagles Super Bowl. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just don't want to get a game. John stuff. Fucking clown show over here already. Hit hit mute on that. Hit mute on that. (laughs) Yo, so we started rambling about your new obsession, John, which is the you're really you you're all on this the trading card kick now. You're in it. You're in. I'm reliving the youth a little bit of uh, getting back into trading cards. I'm a, like I said, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, too novice as to a lot of the the big wigs. And I don't the, know. You seem like pretty knowledgeable to me, man. I mean, that's I pretty think, intense. Now there's like a kajillion cards going out right now. There's like so many refractors, just yeah, just that shit. It's, like what? It's sort of hard to keep your, you know, everything's changing minute by minute. A new a new brand or a new pack box comes out. Well, well, like, well, it was interesting yeah. that, you know, we were just talking about is, and I think, Bill, you brought up a great point, is the difference between, you know, the the boom of the early mid-90s when we were growing up, you know, what what kept us, like, attracted to cards was, like, collecting the entire set. You had to get the entire collection, and you put them in the binders, and you went and to your friend's house, and you flip through the binders, and you look at, like, looked at what cards you still needed because your friend had, you know, ones that you didn't have and, you know, and you would trade here and there and there was the Beckett books and everything like that. But now like John and, and Bill, like Bill, you've been in it. I think, I don't think you've ever stopped collecting cards, but like, like it's all about the, the one player or the one card in particular now where like that kind of went on back when we were, you know, coming up, but like, we were young. I mean, we were buying what? What was a pack of cards? Like a dollar, a dollar twenty-five for like you know, stale gum and six cards. It's stale gum, you know. But now it's like you know, it, you, you, you buy them by the box with the hope of like, you know, back then like you bought a box, you're like, man, I got half the collection. You buy a box now, you're just like, man, I hope I hit on like two cards. <laughs> yeah, it's like. You back, you're exactly right, Matt. Back then, it was like getting a pack, and oh, maybe you got a rookie card of somebody that was kind of cool or something. And even when I was like a little bit getting past uh, with cards, like collecting and stuff, you'd be like, "Oh, I got an autograph," but it was like some yeah. shitty guy. Now it's like everything that's valuable to people is either an autograph card or something with like a patch. Or what's the jersey? The, what are the jersey cards? Or that—that's not what they're called, right? I mean, uh, yeah, they're like they're basically patches that you know you can that they put in the card that is like a player worn piece of fabric. Some of them are player worn, some of them are not, right? Yeah. Like, or some Obviously, are like like yeah, practice like, jerseys or like this one from the Pro Bowl for Brian Dawkins. He wore this. It's an authentic Pro Bowl player worn jersey piece. So, and is it? Is that autographed? 
It is not, no. But they do they do make um patches with autographs with I mean they have ones with they have I saw one that I should I should send you. It's a I think it's like the D Brown pump. Oh yeah. They cut it, they cut the pump and they put it in the card. It's like a thick card. Like an actual pump that D Brown wore or just yeah. a pump shoe. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's like a piece of the pump. Like wow. they're I mean they're doing not just you know, uniforms and like the jerseys, sneakers. I've seen um, the gloves for football players. Um, I've seen bats from like Jackie Robinson mm. and like game used bats that they have somewhere that they slice down and put into the card. And it's, it's, I mean, next thing you know, it'll be like, people always say like, Oh, I got a Jersey card. It's dirty. Like some people say like, Oh man, can imagine if there was like blood on that. Like, I'm like, all right, that's so, a little out of control. Here's a question for you. So, in order to get the cards graded, right? Like, mm-hmm. so a, a card, a card not autographed but with a patch, has mm-hmm. a different grade than like a card that's with a patch that is autographed. Now, what if you showed up to like, you know, a, a Chickies and Pete's where, say, Brian Dawkins was, and you wanted him to sign that card? Can you then go get that card regraded, and it will up its value? Well, yeah. grading thing is more or less like the quality, like that. Like the grading scale is based on the corn, like the edges, the and the folds, better. and the car. Yeah, like just the quality, the grading, the actual physical condition stuff, of the like, car. That would yeah. be more or less like desirability, or you know, like getting getting an auto. Which some things an auto adds value, some things don't, because it's like that's what makes it so like weird now because like some cards are so unique like you don't want to touch them like that's what it is some if it's like a base model something like a common rookie or something like a common card probably adds a little value to the signature on it but yeah the grading aspects more or less like the quality because like and and, and i don't know if john has it i gotta find mine but yeah. like you can get like a greater scale basically and it shows you just how like how centered it is you know and just how like you know the perfection it is and you know what? So what the, makes a what makes a grade one card as opposed to a grade eight or a grade ten best ten? ten oh, oh, okay. So it, it's it, it's it's the opposite then. It's yeah. It's yeah. higher yeah. the number. The higher better, the number, the better. The better so if you be like Gen Min ten, it's like a that's the perfect card. Yeah, ten. Exactly. Ten, ten, Corners, centering of the card. Like for example, like if oh, if like how it's shifted. Yeah. Some are shifted, yeah. Like the top might be off, so you know some color uh, faded might so be a Jesse, little bit. You know, it's basically everything. Just the print of the card itself. Yeah. So Jesse, when you and I are counterfeiting these bitches, we got to make sure our exacto cuts are like yeah, precise. Well, now, and that 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 really that's what really tanked it in the late '90s and early 2000s is the counterfeit game. I mean, yep. that's what really shit the bet on everything is because I mean it was there were probably just as many counterfeits as there were real legit shit out there. And probably even still now to the, and that's like, even I talk to some of my buddies who collect and I, I haven't, like I, like I got a pretty good, decent amount of cards I want to send in for grading, but now they're just so backed up. That, like they aren't even taking cards really right now, unless they're like super valuable. Is there but, value in counterfeit cards though? Cause like I know in the sneaker game, some, it depends on what sneakers obviously. And mm-hmm. like some of the counterfeit sneakers go for like a ton of money. Yeah. The, okay, the, yeah. Stuff, the stuff that you would counterfeit, like, would be older cards or 
not the stuff that you see today that is like embossed or foiled. That would be nearly impossible. Yes, could you do it with a lot of money and yeah. resources? Sure, but it wouldn't be worth worth it to do that. It's the, you know, it's that, um, you know, everyone says, well, what is it, the fifty two mantle? Like, you know, the um, the tie, not the tie cob. Who's who's the the old, really old? It's like the cigarette size. Um, I'm, I'm missing his name. Old baseball player that sold for like uh, Honus Wagner. Thank you, Honus Wagner card. Like those are the type of cards that you would actually be able to reproduce and sort of like fake. Yeah, because because my desktop, my desktop the, printer, my desktop printer probably like would, would reproduce a, a more decent image now than you know. You could probably knock off like a, a Ken Griffey rookie, a Ken Griffey Junior rookie card. You can knock them off. Like mm-hmm. that was the premise, Jesse, of that movie that Matt put me on. Um, Jack of all trades. That's it. Yeah. I mean, they basically were running, it's not on Netflix anymore, is it? They take nah, it off. You can buy it on Prime or something. But yeah. you, the the idea was that they were running prints of that. They, they were running sheets of that upper deck rookie Ken Griffey card, and I mean, people were just like stashing them and like, you know, it basically I think ruined the the card game for a little bit. Back but all there. the while, but all the while, the retailers were like not. They were saying, oh, yeah, this is, you know, super rare card. And they were still yeah. like they were just ripping people off. It ruined Upper Deck for a, a while. Oh, yeah. Upper Deck lost the licensing for like everything but hockey, pretty yep. much. Like Exactly. So to your point, Matt, I got this card signed years ago. Mm-hmm. This is a Ken Griffey card. It's got his brother and his dad and himself on there. I got this card 20 years ago autographed. Now, to your point, I could send it in and get it graded for not only the card but authenticating the autographs right so you could do two different two things. different things right if you got a card in a pack if you brought broke open a box tonight and got a jalen hurts autograph card you really wouldn't need to authorize or authenticate it because it's already been authenticated um, That's a five cent card at best <laughs> so, so you could like and, and the other thing is kind of crazy is that now it's not just sports cards there are people that are getting into like political autographs, mm-hmm. celebrity celebrity autographs. Oh, I mean, um, hey, guys, start, but, for start, trading start, cards. start practicing your your penmanship. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, guy I follow on Twitter, he 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 does um, F one breaks and mm-hmm. and some of the stuff and and these cards he'll post pictures of and he's like, you know, this is a eight hundred dollar card, nine hundred. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's it's crazy. You think about how much money that they they sort of you know we talked about the break breaking how you you know you have twelve people that sign up and they all pay a hundred dollars and you know twelve teams you know there's still twenty some other teams that could be pulled out of the pack and some people end up with zero. You know what I mean? Some there is not one jaguar pulled out of the pack. So you gave a hundred dollars and you got zero. So it's there's an aspect of gambling to it as well that. You know, I think people are starting yeah. to get into now. Well, but there's still mystery to it all, too. So the, the 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 interesting thing to me is is like, okay, take let's take the NBA for example. I don't know that many things about the rookies this year, per se, like the Cade Cunningham, the Mobley mm-hmm. kid. But if we go back a couple of years, let's say like uh, Luca, um, Lamelo, let's two years ago, like if you were able to get those cards early and and foresee that they Zion. Are, might be yeah John Morant Zion and think and forward think like okay 15 years from now is Zion going to be at that LeBron level that everybody thinks if he is great those cards that you bought super cheap 
you can flip that, right? But if Zion begin, continues to be sort of this out of shape, injury prone guy, all that hype around that card, you might have bought for 150. There it is. You know, is that someone's like that dollars a year ago. Now this is maybe a buck fifty, a buck seventy five. What is it, Bill? The Zion base rookie refractor from Pinnacle. Dude, is that in a penny sleeve? Yeah. All right, good. I was gonna say it better be. So yeah. the re- so the refractor. I'll ship some. So the refractor is just the 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 metallic. Yeah, it's like the style of kind. But then and then but then you got this. This is a Ja Morant. It's it, it, it's considered who's, who's a, balling right a now. error card. Well, reverse because it's the only one of him. It has his away jersey. It was very few were printed with the away jersey on it. And that, and that's like, those the are the ones things. that are like people go for this, but like as a collector, it'll be like, well, okay, I get like so that's why it's just weird. It's like people want oddball shit, and it's like, yeah. all right, well, and that's why now it's just all about the you know the Benjamins, and I get it, you know, it's you know because I mean these packs are like that came in a came in a in, in a mega bo- in, in a, a hanger box that has like maybe twenty cards, and that was like sixty bucks for like twenty cards. So like if I mean I I could have got nothing you know I, it was just yeah. when I was like lucky I bought you know found a bottle you gamble Walmart and grabbed a couple and pulled some big cards but mm-hmm. like that's what makes it fun it's like guys like for me like oh, I'll spend fifty bucks get a box who happens you never know but like you know and and but now you can't even do that anymore it's already kind of becoming unfun because it's like now you have to like that same box that's like forty bucks a year ago now that they don't sell them at Walmart anymore. It's, Two hundred dollars online, and so it's just like, all right, well, this is stupid. Now I'm just like, you're really spending a lot of money to try to fuck around with this shit. So well, part of the hype, you have, so part of the hype of of the of of the cards coming back on trend is people being home right during over the pandemic, not going out, not really spending money, kind of hunkering in because we you know had to, um, and you know we found ourselves with a little expendable cash here and there. And it, it it kind of drove this this new market for for cards, correct? I mean, for Jesse and I, it was it was it's vinyl. You know, I mean, you know, I I think Jesse and I have of dangerously you know dove down several rabbit holes collecting vinyl records over the past couple of years. But you know, for 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 you and Bill and and a lot of other guys, it's 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 cards. Um, you know, it's um, it's, it's just kind of interesting to see it all come, kind of come like vinyl. It's like kind of cool, like 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 you talk to like hardcore vinyl people or music people, like vinyl never died with them. Just like with Bill, like you know, there's there's guys like Bill out there who like always kind of stayed in the card game throughout the years. Like maybe not as heavy as as other years, but like they always stayed in it. Whereas like I would go to concerts like all throughout the late nineties, early two thousands when like CDs dominated and even like, you know, uh, you know, Napster and free downloads and stuff. And you still had guys walking around with canvas bags, just buying vinyl, collecting vinyl the whole time. You know, it's, and you know, and, and it's those guys now you go, I, I can't even imagine going to their collection. Some of the stuff that they probably have that have collected over the years, especially, you know, uh, some of the seven inches that I can't even imagine I've lo- I looked at, I, I mean, I, I, you know, back in the two thousands, I was like, yeah, this is cool. But like, I, I'm not going to play this. Like, yeah, it's cool to look at, but like, but now <laughs> it's like, yeah, I got a record player again and, you know, true music lovers. I feel like, you know, 
who want to support music and and want to support record labels and bands. I mean, vinyl is one of the ways that you can you can still do that. Um, you know, but um, yeah, but I mean, I've, I, I've, I, there's like a little bit of a lineage there between, you know, the resurgence of, of, I guess, mainstream vinyl collection. And now, you know, the, the, the trading card game is just kind of, kind of going, going balls, balls, balls deep, you know? Well, and, um, well, and, and sneakers have just kind of hit another stratosphere. Like, yeah. yeah. To, I mean, to I, me, to sneakers, me, sneakers, I've hit a wall with sneakers though, to be honest with you. Like, I just don't I just nothing really grabs me right now, you know. But like I like the I like the Jordan ones, the Jordan ones, the fours, the fives. Yeah. And the sixes. So like anytime there's a drop on any of them, I'm on every site I put a raffle in and every site that I can find, I put in for on the sneakers app and I take an L on every single one of them. And it just it it blows my mind that you know, a multi-billion dollar company like Nike can't be like, hmm, maybe what we should do is do our normal drop and then do a pre-order for a second drop four months down the road and take everybody's money for a pair of them that, that wants them. Well, and I also think that, like, they could do that, Jesse, but they could also, you know, go back to their roots a little bit and and go back to the way that the sneaker game, you know, got popular and successful and the reason why people had fun doing it was you know actually going and hunting these sneakers down physically waiting in line getting a true lottery ticket and there's been too many many fights like somebody just got shot again out in la at like a at a drop now i saw that it's huge fist fights but like but back in the day it was never you know it's you know I feel like they can control that a little bit with the supply and demand type of thing, but it's, you know, sitting online battling bots, like that's not fun for anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been able to buy. I, I think I haven't won a Jordan raffle in a year and a half. And I enter, I probably enter two to three every single month. So you yeah. figure over the course of a year, I probably tried to win 30, 40 pairs of shoes, and I've lost every single one of them. And it's just like the only people that are making money on these things are the flippers. Yeah. And it's like all Nike has to do is just make more. And even if you do your normal drop, if you if the, you have the second wave that comes out four months down the road, none of the hype beasts that bought, you know, that, that got the first pair, they're not going to care that, that the second wave is coming in four months. They're not going to give two shits because they're going to they're going to sell them and buy something else. But like the true sneakerheads that wanted a pair will finally be able to get them. It, it just blows my mind. And, you know, because there was a that um, when when that the lady from Nike basically had to quit because of her son, they did a PowerPoint got leaked to Complex a couple months later and they were like, well, we don't understand why everybody's starting to buy like New Balance and Vans and all these other companies. It's like, well, because they can't buy your shit, dumbass. Like, that's why boutiques and smaller brands are starting to sell more shoes because people just want to go buy a pair of fucking shoes. Yeah. And they they said that Nike said something like their fairness number was like 10 or 12 percent or something like obscene. And it's like you're telling me that like. 
So if it's 20%, you're telling me 80% of the purchases for the shoes on your app are fraudulent bot purchases. Like, yep. come on, get your shit together. And that's, that's the thing. It's like, it takes the fun out of it. Yeah. Whereas like, you know, going to a record shop, you know, uh, you know, con- conversing with, with people of, with similar interests, you're not battling over you don't have to worry about getting any fist fights getting stabbed up over a, a record you know what i mean it's like you, you know you just it's it's a whole different experience and it's it's and there's still a uh there's still like a um you know and I, and i imagine it's the same way with like cards too it's like there's still a mystery there's still a you walk into the card shop or you walk into the 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 record store there's still a um an unknown like I don't, what am I going to find today? You Mm -hmm. know, like what, what, what's he going to have, you know, you know, what's going to be in the box, you know, and that's, that's fun. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, and some people have a little bit more money to spend than others, but like, it doesn't matter what your budget is. There's something in it for everybody, you know, whereas like sneakers, it's like, okay, if you don't have $700, sorry, the, the shoes cost $700 and that's it. Like, and the value for shoes, like, you know, the difference, I guess, in your guys' world with records is that you buy a record for $20 now. I'm assuming that if something happens to that artist or whatever, it, it could increase in value, right? Like, is that well, how it is? Yeah, well, 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 here's one, like, Victory Records, right? They shut their doors. Um, but Victory Records, at you know, over their years, especially their early years, you know, they own a catalog to some of the most influential, you know, artists in 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 heavy like hardcore and and metal music today. So if you get uh, if you're able to find, you know, an early Hatebreed record, I was just thinking Hatebreed. So I think yeah, or an early Snapcase record or um, the Strife records, and it's pressed by Victory. You know, it might not be worth a lot right now because they just shut their doors, but like. 25 years from now when that band is doing like a, you know, a special show or a special gig and, you know, and, and there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, like a market for that type of stuff. Cause it all comes back around, you know what I mean? And it's like, you know, those, those records, especially like the more limited runs, you know, the colored, the colored runs as opposed to the traditional black vinyl. I mean, it's, there's going to be, you know, they're going to, they're going to be worth something. That's the hope. But like, to me, it's like, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll look to sell it someday. But like, for yeah. me, it's like, I'm a fan of that band. I'm going to, I'm going to play it. Like I'm when, and when I'm dead and gone, like my niece will get my collection or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to be down. Yeah. Like this is probably my, my most expensive, this box set from face to face that, that, um, fat put out a couple years ago. It's signed. It well, this one is signed. Yes, this, so this one is signed, and I jammed it into a into a sleeve. But all everything is printed on silver metallic ink. Everything that was that was white was printed spot metallic. All three of the records are crazy colored vinyls. They sold out in seconds, and like this thing unsigned is sell. It's a three record set is selling for like five six hundred bucks on Discogs. Right. Yeah, and it's well, like you guys, you guys, you guys buy vinyls to listen to them because you love yeah. music. Yes. I think there is probably a very minute 
population of people that collect vinyls to flip them, right? Mm, no, nah, I mean, there's a market out there for that. There's guys that I know that go to shows and festivals that buy from record companies, like because a lot of the, a lot of the festivals where the record, yeah, where like the record labels are there, like you're buying either directly from the band or directly from the record label. So like, you know, you're getting it at almost like a wholesale price, whereas like you're not going to a record store or buying it online. So guys will buy like for like five, six copies and then flip them on eBay. Um, it's the one thing that drives our boy Chuck at, uh, at Sky Valley, like, or Sun, Sun Valley, Sky Valley. I always get it wrong. Sky Valley. Sky Valley. It drives him nuts because he's always like, you know, I'm not in it to flip this stuff. I want to, you know, stay competitive, you know, because and he and, you know, he really frowns upon guys going into his shop to, like, clear him out of things because he knows that they're just he they're just they're just in it for the money. They're not in it for, like, the love of the music. You know, it's like Jesse um, was saying with the shoes. It's like, you know, you buy a pair of sneakers or right? you throw them on your feet. They're worth probably half as much. As they yeah, are it's like driving a car off the lot, yeah. you know. Yeah, but then there are people like Jesse saying, like, I'm gonna John John goes and buys them or gets the raffle, and then I'm gonna put them on eBay and try to triple my money yeah. because they're a very you know. But it's in it's like in every collection you know uh, genre in in the world really. There's some people that are in it for the love of hey, I'm only collecting Eagles cards, you know. Yeah. But there's some people like you know maybe like Bill like who I'm collecting, I'm going after, you know, the gambling aspect of, I want John Morant, Zion, and I'm going to flip them as soon as possible or something. You know what I mean? There's yeah. always the, you know, the, the, the yin and yang of, of, of each one of the, 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 the collections, you know, and concert posters is another one. Yeah. That's a good, and, and on top of that, Jesse, I, I listened and to concert a, shirts. I, yeah. that's exactly right. And, and I, I listened to Daryl, um, uh, who's the the baseball writer? Not Ravel. My screwing his name up. Darren anyway, uh, Roval. Yes, he he has a huge collection, and what he's starting to collect now is tickets to sporting events. Like he has like LeBron's first game in Cleveland, um, um, the Tuck Rule game. You know, for example, you know uh, the the game seven of the Red Sox World Series that they broke the curse. Like starting to collect those. Yeah, you know, that's cool you know. because those things might not be worth dirt, you know what I mean? Like somewhere down the road, but like it means something to him, you know yeah. what I mean? And it's and, like, what he's doing is he's, he's collecting them, buying them, and then he's getting them graded by PSA and SGC and all the other Beckett. And those are literally they're they're I mean, you can go online and you can buy tickets on eBay that are graded. They're just as inflated and crazy. Oh, um, I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. For, for what specific thing they are. Like you, you had mentioned, a long time ago you were who was the guy that in the band that was killed on stage like as you know sad as that is someone has the ticket to that show like that's probably, yeah that's probably, good, that's probably worth like a huge amount of as, as sad as it is you know well, that, the, that it's probably worth something and the, the well the crazy thing is now like so i went to see fish over the summer and i got really cool tickets when you say cool tickets, like the design, it was yeah, like, like metal foil and all kinds of crazy, yeah, like all their tickets always have foils on them and everything. Cool. But the New Year's run that was that was canceled, it was e-tickets only, right? And a lot of places are going 
Well, uh, that's Sixers, Jesse. The Sixers are doing like NFT tickets now, which I see the value in that long term, right? You know what I mean? Like it's you know I saw they're doing a lot of NFT stuff now. Yeah, they're really they're really getting into it, and that sort of like segues into our that whole fanatics thing that was happening because fanatics now has like a whole NFT conglomerate part under fanatics, I think called candy. Um, now that they bought tops, um, they, they have every licensing agreement with every sporting college. Yeah. You said they might be just taking over that whole game, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and then that goes also back to the, the point about the bots and, and card collecting was that a lot of card collectors that I follow have been saying like, it's a, we, we're kind of, we're not sure what this is for trading cards because if, Fanatics decides to sort of go to like direct to consumer and take out like card shops, which I don't think they will. The same sneaker issues with bots are going to be the same thing. Like the the Bills and Johns of the world wouldn't be able to go to Target and Walmart anymore or our card shops. We'd have to go online and fight with bots to get the next, you know, flawless 2023, you know, box. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. but it, but it's it's interesting. Like apparently they're they're gonna to keep tops as it is, from what I understand. And really, just you know, you know, bring back some of some some tops football stuff I've heard, which was was really big. So it's it's kind of exciting for the, the hobbies itself. I'm excited to be back into something new like that. Um, so it's it's fun. Well, you know what? It also reminds you know, it it reminds you of your youth too. You know, it's kind of like you know, like I'm a big Jordan Five guy. Like back to the sneaker thing, okay. and it's for me you know, getting a pair of Jordan fives, I want to wear them because every time I, I look down at my feet, it reminds me of like, man, I'm like, I'm 11 years old, 12 years old. And I'm, I'm running faster and jumping higher. You know what I mean? It's like, it just brings back, you know, this is the nostalgic memories of your childhood. Um, and that's what, you know, it, it's just, everyone's in it for a, a little bit, something else, you know, different, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, look at the, look at the, the boom that like vinyl toys had, which is probably there's still a huge market. I mean, Jesse, I know you dabbled in it for a long time, but yeah. like early two thousands, I mean, all huge. the all the cost stuff. I mean, was just like through the roof. You know, I mean, huge market, um, very competitive. Um, it was it was and it was at a time where like sneaker heads they collected vinyl toys. It went like hand in hand. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was. Um, but you know. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just cool to see things come back, you know, back in through the fold, and you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of interesting for me to see the whole trading card thing um, I mean, come back around. I still have all my old, all my figures. It's just on a lot of that stuff, like the bottom fell the fuck well, out. Well, I think to your point too, what happened, Jesse, and correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not sure, but like, just as an outsider looking in, I felt like. You know what you want Nike to do? Like some of these toy companies did, they started mass well, producing these things, uh, and yeah, you could just them, go to hot, you know, hot topic and yeah. get these things. You know what some I mean? Them, it's like some of them did. Like the stuff that I bought, I was a real big into like the the real indie toy stuff and uh, like Kid Robot, where they were doing drops of like two hundred or three hundred for the world. And like that's a lot of the stuff that I have, but like the bottom fell out on that stuff. Yeah. So like, I never bought anything over retail. Everything I got was through just dumb luck. Mm-hmm. So like, 
I could if I could find a buyer, I could probably make some money selling it. But like it would be a pain in the ass at this point because the bottom fell out. You almost just want to wait until it comes back around again. And well, so, and I don't and I don't want to break the. Because like I've got the they did those runs where it was like a set of 30, right? Yeah. I have a complete set with all the chases and everything. Like, I don't want to break that up. Right. I don't want to break up some of the other stuff. And it, I don't really want to get rid of it. So it's like, if I do it, I just want to put it all in one box, put tape on it and never fucking see it again. I don't want to be like, you know, I, I sold $300 worth of shit this month, $800 worth of shit. And that, you know, like now I just want it done. I just want it gone. And, and Jesse, that's exactly what happened to, to Matt, to your point, why trading cards blew up this year was because everybody was home. Everybody went into the attic and got that tape box that Jesse's talking about and said, oh shit, I have all this stuff. Let me throw it up on eBay or let me do some research or, oh my God, this was the coolest thing. Let me hang it up. Let me see if I can get more. And it just inflated the market to where, where it is today. And, you know, stores get wiped out, like Bill said, and it's, it's crazy. And like Jesse, like I'd say, wrap those things up and storm away because if everyone here took all the shit that we had as kids and left it in the box and stored it in the attic and kept it in pristine posi uh, uh, positions, they, I mean, they'd be worth, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Dude, I mean, I, I'm, I'm sick about some of the, the old Japanese toys that I had when I was, uh, that I had when I was a kid. Like so I'm saying like sick, you think about some of the stuff that like we actually legit played with because like, you know, video I mean, games. that's what, that's what Some we did. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, um, it, but you know, to, to not take NBA jam out of its super Nintendo or box. Like, like Tyson's punch out, like yep. to not take it out. You know, it's like, if you guys ever get a chance um, on white horse Pike before um, the old wild wing cafe, is that house of fun place? Yeah. House of fun is great. Just go there and take like two hours of your day and just walking out. It's awesome. Yep. Yeah, John, I, that's where I used to get all my stuff from. Have you been to the new one on Whitehorse Pike when they moved? No. It's like a warehouse. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's huge. Yeah. It's Florida's, dude. It's got like 18-foot ceilings and things are stacked. And they got, like, name something. They have it. American Gladiators. They got it. Like, yeah. crazy shit, dude. It's, it's They fun. probably, Jesse, they probably had that shit in their old spot. They just didn't have the room to actually, like, Yeah. they probably had it in, like, some crazy storage facility or something you know but now they have actual you know and like the stuff's in some of the stuff's in boxes some of the stuff's out and then like plastic i remember bag. all the i remember going in there years ago and just seeing all the wrestling buddies they had mm -hmm. like still in the boxes and shit like yeah. think about that like we weren't keeping a wrestling buddy in our box. We were, we were having yeah. it was monday night raw it was friday night smackdown every every damn day of the week yeah yeah. No, I mean, it's cool. Hey, Bill's back. Bill's back. I've been here. He's getting tired. <laughs> Bill, you, Bill. What's wrong, Bill? Why are you so tired? Bill, Bill's tired. Bill's tired from, uh, from, from hearing about John's excitement about the Eagles being in the postseason. That's, that's, oh. and that's facts. Segway. Speaking of segway, speaking of, speaking of crazy thoughts and speaking things. Speaking of crazy thoughts. And things coming back around. The Eagles I, are in the postseason. I went back to a few episodes in our in our realm in the last the couple of days in the archives, and uh, 
found a couple interesting quotes I'd like to read for you guys. A couple nuggets. Let's go ahead. Yeah. A couple nuggets. Um, a couple quotes I'll read for you. Gonna be ugly. Guess who? Guess who said that? Matt Shetter. Uh, it's not about winning games for the Eagles. If this is a five ten five team five win team tops, Matt Shetter. <laughs> um, not going to be good this year, Matt Shetter. Um, we are going to beat the lion. We're we are we aren't going to beat the Lions this year, Matt Shetter. Um, I will also quote Bill Roeder: "No juice," which I thought was always a funny comment. They got no juice. Uh, Jalen Hurts can't read a defense. That's another great quote. Um, and once again, Howie Roseman built a shitty team. And quote Bill Roeder. So, I don't want to leave Jesse Lorenz on this either. I also <laughs> yeah, no one's no one's safe. No one's I got, safe. I got Nick Sirianni is an idiot calling plays. Quote Jesse Lorenz. So I mean, let's be real. I think most people were agreeing with us when <laughs> we were when he when when those first couple games when they were what two and five when they're like, hey Nick, maybe rerun the ball. Nah, we're gonna throw it like eight hundred times. I, I went back and watched, I listened to the uh, day after the Cowboys and man, we were, listen, you know, it, it was just, just to listen to Jesse talk about Nick's venom, venom, venom was, was, the venom was getting sprayed. Hey man, the city of Philadelphia bullied this team into running the football and nothing has made me prouder as a fan that and the I, fans. And, and let me just go on record again. I truly did believe that this was a five win team <laughs> and I'm glad I was wrong. But that still doesn't make me think that we're we're a good team. I, I I think that I think that what what I was hoping to get out of this year, I think we've we've seen, and I and I'm and I'm happy for that because again, I really didn't have high expectations. Obviously, right with five wins, not only do we get more than that, but it looks like we've got our a coach, right? I mean, I think I think Nick's like proven like. He's, he's got, you know, he's got some tools that I think, you know, we're, we're happy to, to have around for, for a while to Jesse's point. Like he makes adjustments. I mean, he wasn't running the ball, you know, he started they running the ball. They, they wait till halftime to make the adjustments. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that's, that's still part of my frustration is, is that, you know, it, it's, it's really not an easy team to watch. You know, these games aren't really easy to watch. Um, but I think that's part of a, a football team trying to figure itself out still um, who happened to make the playoffs. So let's just hope for the best. And like I said, I'm, 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 I, you know, with every, with every negative comment or, 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 or just uh, a tongue lashing that I give this team, I'm still rooting for them. So, Hey man, maybe we catch, catch lightning in a bottle again and, and and we'll see what happens, but you know I, I I don't know, man. I think some of these teams in the NFC are pretty good. Um, you know when 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 we when we're done watching our Eagles play the one o'clock slot, and then we go watch the the four o'clock games and the and the Sunday night primetime teams, it, you can see a, a there's a difference in the level of football that's being played. So, um, but hey, man. You got to go out there and play and, and and play the team that's in front of you. And, and who knows with, with this, this, this whole COVID mess, who knows what the hell is going to happen? You know, um, I'd hate to put an asterisk on anyone's season, 
you know, for, for, for winning a championship like that. But Hey, I mean, like you, you got, you got, uh, uh, the squad in front of you and you got to play, you, you got to play the cards that are stacked against you. So no matter what, um, and, and, and no one cares about your problems. Right. So, um, we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I, and I'm happy for the Eagles. I'm, I'm glad they got more than five wins, but, um, I still feel like there's, um, a lot of work to be done on this team and, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the next couple weeks, uh, have in store for the birds and hopefully everyone can get healthy, um, both physically and, and mentally for the game and, uh, the games ahead, no matter how many are left and, and hopefully they can pull out some W's. I would like to say that, I mean, the only comment that you made that I disagree with is that, you know, there is no bad teams in the playoffs. So this team isn't a bad team. This team, this team was able to get to the playoffs for a reason, whether they played quote unquote shitty teams that everyone wants to say, I mean, they, they didn't make the schedule. So they were able to, you know, take care of business and, you know, I don't know of any bad teams that made the playoffs. Well, and, and John, like we talked about in the, in the text thread, you're the Eagles won the Super Bowl. They beat two winning teams in the regular season two. And they went to the playoffs hot and they curb stomped. I mean, well, the Falcons game was ugly. The Falcons game was really ugly. Um, if the, if that linebacker doesn't decide to drop kick the football back to us, we might lose that game, but then the Eagles play the most two ridiculously strung together offensive games that I've ever seen a team play, and they stomp the shit out of every, out of everybody beyond past that. So yeah, I mean they're they're a hot team. There aren't many hot. I think the only team that's hotter than them right now are the Dolphins. Um. I'd say so, Green who's, also, who's also had a cupcake Green, schedule. Green Bay's won 13 out of 15, 14 games. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I guess you could Chiefs, say, The Chiefs are the Chiefs again. You could just say, like, the Dolphins, I guess, just because of Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, they were in seven in a row going into the Tennessee game. Like, they, I mean, they were clearly on the uptick. And they were dead. Like, they were dead. Seven like, and two, our last nine games. I mean, that's nothing to, to, to slouch about. And, you know, I think that's actually a good segment is uh, – who makes the most boobish comment? It's uh, we, we we got three captains on this on this episode right now, um, but I think what the Eagles did is they overachieved, and that's a sign of good coaching. Um, you know, guys buying into a system. Um, I mean, it, it's the, you know it's it, it's not it's, it's not sliding the Eagles to say they're they 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 don't have a lot of talent on the team, but they have a lot of guys who know their role, and that's important for a team like a game like football team game like football. Like, just no, stay in your lane, do what you do, run A to B, don't worry about C, D, and E. And that's what I think Sirianni showed me, I guess, watching him is I'm not sold on his X's, X's and O's ability, but I am sold on him as being a good coach because he has these guys ready to go every Sunday. And that's fun to watch as a fan. I mean, I, I you know, I don't doubt that, that like, you know, these guys come in and give it their all. I, I, and I think our veterans are on their kind of last leg this year, next year, probably for a lot of guys. So they're going to give it their all. And the young guys we have, a handful of them are actually panning out pretty decently. So I, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, it's, got, it, it, it's, it's showing that, you know, there are pieces to, to be positive about. It's just, 
you know, there's just still one of, you know, I guess we're just going to see what happens when we, when we, like I said earlier, get to the playoffs where it's like the NBA, the refs hold that whistle a little tighter to them where they, where, where they don't give you those touchy, t- touchy fouls. And it's, it's go play ball and see who's tougher and better. And we're going to see if we are. And, you know, and that's just what's going to, what, what it comes down to. So it's, you know, they're definitely a fun team to watch. It's just, you know, I guess it's just disappointing that, you know, we had to be sold all year that it's a transition year, which it kind of was, but it's, I mean, we got a lot of guys that have a lot of talent, you know, that just to kind of pass their glory days. But, you know, I think, uh, I think, you know, Sirianni is definitely making me some of my words that, you know, he knows what he's doing, you know, and it just, I guess we got to keep, keep the chain rolling and don't get too cute and we'll see what happens. I mean, the, the weather's going to start getting shitty. And like Bill said, the refs start to swallow the whistle. This is a perfect time to uh, be a team that's just going to beat the shit out of you and, and, and run the ball. Like I'm, I'm still not sold on, on Jonathan Gannon. Like if they said that, you know, some team was like, Hey, Jonathan Gannon's our next head coach. I'm not going to shed a fucking tear over that guy, but um, the Nick Sirianni. Yeah, I think people have thought that, right? There were there were rumors on Twitter that like that that people were like uh, Jonathan Gannon could be a dark horse head coach candidate, and I'm like, I don't see that at all. But okay, like I, I I'm a I I have changed my opinion on Sirianni. Like he could have when this team was two and five, and he came out and started talking about fucking flowers. He could have lost the locker room. It could have been. He could have been fired after another two weeks. It could have gone bad. It's eerily similar, but Jesse, like you said earlier today about Doug Peterson and and, and Doug and and his press conferences and something. I think Doug got it worse than Nick, to be honest. With you. Well, we already rarely ran over one coach. We actually learned this time. Yeah, but like, so, but like the the players never started, never doubted, never doubted him, never doubted his message. He never dogged his players in the media. And now you, now you look at the team and the team is playing well. Everybody is improving. Um, Even some of the guys on defense. I mean, it's a shame that some of the young guys are hurt now and they're out for the rest of the year that, that we're starting to, to show flashes, but like Sirianni and, and I mean, I guess uh, Gannon to their credit has gotten some, some, some juice out of, Jannard Avery, who was probably going to be cut at the end of the year. Um, you know, Davion Taylor were starting to make plays. Uh, there, I mean, there were guys on younger guys on this team that are really starting to, to produce. T.J. is always around the ball too. We yeah. him a little bit. Um, uh, T.J. Edwards is having a, had a good, good year. Like Singleton is, he, he tries really hard. <laughs> He tries really hard. He's a guy that I would love to have on this team for a couple of years, but I don't think get him in coverage. He's got to, he's got to be in a gap and going after the quarterback as soon as he's in coverage. Yeah. Yeah. He, cause he's not fast enough and he's not big enough. So like if, if he has to drop back into coverage, guys make him look foolish. And if he has to tackle anybody bigger than middle of the road running backs, he just bounces right off of them. And it's he's, just he's around. He, I mean, he's our, I think he is our leading tackler. If, 
Yes, but it. But the problem is, you see guys. You watch other teams' linebackers, or the the guy in the second level, the first guy that puts a helmet on a guy. They drop that player, or they slow him down. And I feel like half of the time, he's wrapping guys up and getting dragged three or four yards till the next guy has to come in on the tackle. Um, so I, I mean, it's not, I'm not saying he should be cut, but in a perfect world, you get another linebacker so that he can then be used in certain downs and distances or be a great backup. So if a guy gets dinged and he needs a blow or a special teams, whatever it is, but like some of his deficiencies have been shown, but he still has a spot on this roster. He's still a good player. He's just being overused, I think, at this point. But like, and and you still look at it. They they, they don't have Brandon Graham, um, and that was a huge loss. Um, and then on top of it, our defensive line is filled with a bunch of thieves that are just stealing money. So, um, I think Josh Sweat's playing well. Yeah, Josh is playing all right. Yeah, but like but your bulls, but Jesse, you're right. I mean, he, it's not like he's had like Hargrave start off the year playing really well, and then he sort of dipped down, right? And then there was there was games where Josh Sweat looked really good, and there's there's other games where like where's Josh Sweat? Like, well, yeah, like there were there was like two weeks in a row that I'm that I texted somebody, I'm, texted you guys, I'm like, is uh, Sweat hurt again? Because like you don't hear his name, and you're like, bro, you just got paid, you just got paid, like. Did you notice that being a theme? Isn't that that seems to be a theme with this well, team? Well, and the and the way his contract is, the way his contract is set up, my man needs to start being a little more consistent because he has a his cap hit right now is twenty two million dollars. His post June cap hit is three point six million dollars. So like, I'm not saying they're going to cut him. But no, he's a young player on this team that's going to be here for a while. But but my point is like if they need to clear cap space somewhere, because I'm I've been looking at their salary cap numbers and their dead cap numbers, and well, lucky we have one of the best capologists in the league. Well, I'm not. That's I think Howie gets a lot of credit for that, but lately he's been really bad at it. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, I mean, we're going to talk on it later. I mean, his, we've got the, we've got the most dead cap in the league this year. And we have the third most dead cap next year already. And we haven't gotten into that league. Who who are the other, who are the other three teams on that list that you sent over? You know, you know, isn't on that list, Sean, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the teams that win don't ever have to be put in that spot because they it's, know how to evaluate. Well, I am so glad that you brought off the Packers because you made a comment earlier and I went to do research and I was like, ha, the Packers, they're so good, right? What teams did they play this year? Let's see. New Orleans, Detroit, San Francisco. Oh, yeah, they had a cupcake schedule. Cincinnati's pretty Well, easy. you could say that about the Patriots during their right, so, so, so you already mentioned they played San Fran. San Fran, they beat a playoff team we lost to. Cincinnati, division winner, they embarrassed. So I, keep I, was going. Going down, I was going down the list. They beat Cincinnati, who's, I think, a good team. Good team, yeah. I, I, think would, I think so. I, I would argue that San Francisco is a cusp team. Like, they're probably at the. They're probably where we are. They embarrassed us, but continue. 
They didn't embarrass us. We yes, lost by, we lost we, by a touchdown. We scored 10 points, Sean. That's embarrassing. We lost by a touchdown. We, ho- we scored 10 points. And what did we hold them to? 17? At home. We lost to a team. But, but continue. I know. No, 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 Chicago, Washington, Arizona, which I think is a good team. Kansas City. I think it's a decent team. Not playing great. Seattle. Four, okay. Seattle. Minnesota. The Rams, okay. So five playoff teams so far they oh, played. <laughs> Chicago again. Baltimore, Cleveland, Minnesota, and they're going to end up with Detroit. So they played the Chiefs Super Bowl contenders, the Bengals Super Bowl contenders, the Rams Super Bowl contenders, 49ers playoff contention, not Super Bowl contenders, but their playoff team. And there's a fifth team in there too that they played that are in the playoffs you mentioned. So they played five playoff teams. And the yeah. Packers are different because they have arguably the best quarterback in the league. He is the best, but he's potentially could be a and top arguably top. the the best like receiver. Aaron Rodgers is a piece of shit to root for, but if you just look at the football ability, it's very, I mean it's insane. It's just, I mean his yeah. Green Bay they should be livid that they have one Super Bowl. I mean I mean you know, and and, and the, another argument you could have it's he's underachieved in his career. I mean with his talent. I mean in ha- having. Devontae, Jordy Nelson, Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, talent he's had around him. Um, yeah, but they never had defenses. They always had. No, they didn't. No, I mean that's what they always. But they, they get just outscore I mean, it's it's you give any good quarterback a decent. I mean, look at Tom Brady. Uh, he always had a great defense in New England in playoff mm-hmm. time. Belichick knew how to take out the best player on the other team every playoff series, every playoff mm-hmm. game. So I mean, you know that kind of fo- football's tough to like hammer guys because it's the, the, there's no team game other than baseball maybe but even baseball if you have a dominant pitcher that yep. can alter things a little bit more than any other sport like so well, just like goaltending in hockey yeah well, like, exactly and, like one and, player can kind of shift it but not like like the nba you can't because one player can can win a series yeah nba you can't compare it to but football it's really is such a unique like just game because I mean it's like it's not even a game that's it's it, it's a collision game. I mean so, so like any any snap guys were off the field that you need to to, to play. So it's it, it's hard to like shit talk. That's what I was kind of realizing as I'm sitting here trying to reassess my eagle fandom and expectations that I'm trying to learn as a Philly sports fan to just appreciate the game that's being watched and then let it go in the sense that do I think we're going to win a Super Bowl this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I, I, I mean, could we? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't think it's of the 14 playoff teams. We're probably in the bottom four or five that could, but you get in, you, you get in, you got a shot. You don't know what happens. Everyone's but I think what I'm also realizing is I can win the Powerball tomorrow too. Cause I bought, see, a t- I bought a ticket. So well, that's true, but but then you but then you watch franchises that I feel are are run right, like the Giants, the Vikings, the you know even even like the Falcons. I think the parent like the, these are good franchises, and they're constantly going six and ten, five and eleven. Like I mean, so I I do have that turmoil to where you know I, I need to be more appreciative of having a competitive team, but. Just having such a shitty sports history for the last 30 fucking years, this town has jaded me so hard 
that whenever we do, I guess we've been lucky in our in our adult lifehood to see two championships, 08 Phillies and then 17. Those are I think also, I think, I think especially in our era coming up and learning, I think, Jesse, you touched on this a couple episodes ago. When I mean, yeah, we watched football when we were kids and, you know, we remember the Randall years and, you know, <clears throat> Reggie Whites and stuff like that. But like when we were old enough to really start to understand the game a little bit more and appreciate the X's and O's a little bit more. I mean, we had 14 years of always being a legit contender under Big Red. I mean, he spoiled us with how many NFC championship games. Yeah, we got our hearts broken, but like we were in it every year. There was there was always that that expectation and it was real. It was like it was very believable and it was very real. And he built this like this juggernaut for 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 ourselves to fall in love with and be spoiled with. And then when that went away, you know, it was always, you know, what? it was kind of like fly by night there after a while. And yeah, like 2017 was special, no doubt. We'll always have that, you know, in our in our in our hearts and 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 take it to our graves. It was like one of the greatest times ever to be a Philly fan. But like, you know, I think it really was a true like lightning in a bottle scenario. Whereas like you'd rather want like what Big Red gave us. You know what I mean? We were just I think we're still kind of spoiled with that. You know, I mean, um, it's compounding. It's It's compounding too, Matt. It's it's the 70s frustration to the 80s frustration of also losing the Super Bowl to the 90s frustration to the 2000 and it all was compounded that's why everyone I think as Philly fans quote unquote got so fuse is so short now yeah you know it's just yes. I mean you know it's just and and for good reason I mean you can't blame us you know well, I mean, it's you, just you you look at the the Phillies they had that one year with the with Dalton and Croc in ninety three, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, it fell apart as quickly as it, it came was together. Siberia for a while. Well, and then they started putting it back together. And then I remember because I was watching the game, it was when Lieberthal was lead, took a huge lead off first and they did a pickoff move and you you saw Lieberthal's career basically end when he blew his knee to pieces when he tried to get back to first on a, on a throw, like the Phils were fighting the Braves that year. And I think they were ahead in the, I think they were ahead of the Braves. Lieberthal blows his knee out and the team fell apart and they didn't sniff the playoffs until Roland or, or, or until, you know, Roland was gone and Lieberthal was gone and all these guys. So many years was, when they got close to the wild card, they were always out by a game or two and they'd always fuck it up the last week of the season. Yeah. It was just insane. But like they weren't they, you know, they were out of it until oh seven, oh six, oh seven when the kids started coming up, when that generational team came up, came together and we had a great, you know, five, six year run. But then to your to your point, Matt, then it's gone and it's been gone for a decade. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Sixers were really fun to watch for two or three, you know, the three, four years, three, four, five years of of Iverson. And it was a fucking desert on either side of that. And it's been fun the last couple of years with, with Embiid, but, and, and that's it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's stretches. It's, yeah. it's stretches, right. It's like, 
Think about last night with the Steelers, right? You you sit there and you watch Ben Roethlisberger and you sit there and you go, oh man, I mean, they're a little bit of an anomaly. They've had what, four coaches in the last like a hundred years or whatever. Yeah. Omlin's not, never had a losing season, right? The worst he's ever been is like eight and eight or eight. Mm-hmm. You know, they're eight, never under 500 with, they're never under 500 with Big Ben. And what did they do for 17 years? They won two Super Bowls, yeah. right? And that's a combination of Bill Cowher, Hall of Fame coach, and Mike Tomlin, arguably, probably a Hall of Fame coach as well. Like, so and that's why I get sort of frustrated when people, and I'm not saying specifically you guys, but media, well, you can, you can, Twitter, whatever, like, we take for granted those, like, the way, let me go back to what I was saying. Watching the Steelers game last night was an emotional thing as like an, from a from a football fan standpoint. Like, very I, was, I was emotional for those fans because that's the end of that era yeah. for 17 yeah. years. And now it's, oh, my God, who's going to be the next guy? Could it be Russell Wilson? And could he be the savior? Sure. Or is it going to be a guy like Kenny Pickett that might not pan out? And then you have 17 more years of of not maybe getting to the problem of, Siber- of Siberia. But, but it's like, John, we don't yeah. take, we take for granted those, those, that 17 year span that we had, like Andy, really, like you said that Andy Reed's um, tenure for 13 years was a roller coaster, but he got us to a Super Bowl, And unfortunately we didn't win it. But in, in, in football terms, like that was such a, um, I'm, 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 I'm fumbling my words. It, it was such a, um, an era that was so great for Eagles football that we sort of we 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 take it for granted and we sort of like. Well, um, we didn't know what we had until it was gone. Exactly. exactly. No, we had no. We knew what we had. We knew what we had. I in maybe not the first couple of years. I would just I would say we at that point hit the pinnacle of extreme frustration with on the doorstep four straight times and not busting through. Bill, like that I, was that was, was a real you. frustration. Bill, I'll challenge you though. If Andy Reid didn't win a Super Bowl with the Chiefs, would you feel the same way? What way? What what way? The frustration with Andy was that man. We always got there, but we never got to the mountaintop. Yeah, you couldn't win I, the big game. So when Andy leaves and goes to another organization and builds and wins a Super Bowl, it's like man. If we would have kept that guy, we still. It was there. We just didn't get there. No, I think I think Andy Reid found what he was looking for in Donovan McNabb and Patrick Mahomes. Well, no, I mean he had it in Donovan, and Donovan just got hurt. And that after that one time he fucked his knee up, he was never the same player again. It's the same thing with Wentz. The but one Patrick Mahomes got hurt too, uh, but I think I think what Pat Mahomes has that Donovan never had was he knows when to put his ego aside and. And, and no, yeah, I mean, the personality-wise, McNabb just – if McNabb if – McNabb, Just couldn't get out of his own way. If McNabb had any ability to put the team ahead of him, he would have a ring or two. Mm-hmm. McNabb had exactly. a win on his terms. Right. And that's the same with Iverson. And those are why the guys like him are, aren't, you know, I guess bother me that Iverson gets a pass from some people in this city and, and this podcast because – Iverson had to win on his terms. He didn't give a fuck if the Sixers won. I got to put up my 35, and if we win, cool. I put up 45. Man, I did, I did 45, yo. I, I did my job. Like, that's what annoyed the shit out of me. McNabb wanted to be a Pro Bowl quarterback, wanted to get past the whole I'm not a pocket passer, the whole Rush Limbaugh bullshit, like all that stuff. And, I mean, it was real. Like, I'm not trying to say that that wasn't real shit. 
But for him to say that we didn't believe him, believe him as a, like support him as a fan base when he got a hundred million dollar contract from the Eagles, all all the number five jerseys I'd see everywhere going out in the streets. Like if he put his the team above himself for one year, we have a ring. He couldn't well, do, it, and it sucks. No. The only thing I will disagree with you there, Bill, is like, listen, I have my druthers about McNabb. I don't agree that he put himself above the team because there's 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 one thing that I've learned watching. Why you let T.O. go? The best that? year of his football career, statistically, and the Eagles' only 13-win season under Andy was with T.O., and he could not shut his fucking mouth and let T.O. be a diva. He, got, he couldn't do it. You mean to tell me that, like, you know, Travis Kelsey doesn't have, you know – like Tyreek Hill, these guys, these all these guys all have egos, man. Well, and they, they all need to be fed, you know, and Tio just wanted his money. He just he was disrespected yeah. on the on the contract. He took a bad contract, he got screwed out of it, and it was a time when players didn't have the juice they got now, and he was trying to just fight for his money. McNaught could be like, you know what? Give him his money, Andy. That's my guy. That's my guy, Andy. Give him his money. Yeah. Got I mean, Bill, Bill, Bill is right about that. If if Tio and Donovan could have just both been adults, yeah, no, both, no Tio's fault too. But, but I understand what you guys are saying, but that's one year. There were twelve other years with that was the only year we were in the Super Bowl, though, John. In, in that era, that was the only year we got to the hump because because of Tio, what he did for this team, and he but, finally gave McNabb a full field to play with. I mean, Christ Almighty, Todd Pinkston. You know, Chad Lewis was his best receiver for like three years in a row. Was friggin' uh, Chad Lewis, our tight end. Hey, he's out there with half a broken leg. It's just, to- it, it just disappointing, and and I guess that's what the short fuse goes back to. That because one of the things, and again, I'm not trying to criticize the Steelers because I know you know they're you know Steelers and the probably the Steelers, 49ers, and the Patriots are probably the and maybe the Packers. Are the top franchises in the NFL? Like, if you had to put three, four, five, it's Steelers, in my opinion, Steelers, Patriots, 49ers, Packers, and probably Cowboys, minus the recent 20 years. Nah, fuck the Cowboys. I couldn't put them in there. But, but, but if you look at it, though, John, like I just looked at my phone. Last, so, so Ben played for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Over and over, I think it was eight of those years. I thought it was 18. So, what I'm saying when it goes back to like, I know every year you can't go 12 and five. But when you're a good team as a fan base, like let us puff, like puff our chefs down and be like, go fucking birds every week. Instead of being like sitting on eggshells on an interception from Ryan McLeod on fourth down, you know, in a game that can get us in the playoffs. When this team last, the team that we're playing the previous week gave up 55 fucking points to a broken offense in Dallas. And now we're sitting on our ass cheeks like, oh, God, oh, God, please win. And I get it. This is a different team. This is different than Dallas. It's different than a lot of things. But take out 2017, and where's that been for the Eagles? Like, where's that been for the Eagles where we're, like, going in, like, boom, we got a 10-12 win team. Boom, we got top 10 defense. We got to top this. We got to top that. Every year it's, hey, you know, it's not our fault. We got injured. Or, hey, I I guess I, I have Eagles fatigue still. And 17 was such a ray of hope that was just like, oh, my God, we finally did it. And now it's like, oh, back to reality. In a good season, we're 10 and 6. And maybe we, maybe we win a playoff game or two if we're lucky. And it's well, I think like- we also – I also thought – we also thought too, Bill, was like we all still thought that Wentz was the guy. I mean he got hurt obviously, but we were like, man, like 
No, you know, and that too. We wouldn't and, 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 and I, 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 I'm just like, I, I don't blame Harry for him getting hurt. I don't blame Harry for him being soft mentally. Um, it's, it's, I, I, I think that disappointment fuels my rage with this team. I which just think is, I just not remember, fair, but just it's remember. true. It's just like, yeah, you know, the, we know pay, looking past the whole new norm shit, it's obviously whatever. It's just a comment. It's not, it's not the end of the world. But like, we were so geared up in this city to have the birds and the eagles and the sixers to be like the roaring 20s man yeah like legitimate and now we're like seeing the eagles like kind of have to rebuild from scratch and they're doing a good job i'll give them that i'm not i harry harry deserves credit he does 100 percent. sixers are ripping my heart out right i can't even watch them can't yeah, even it's, watch it's, it's it's hard that I, I, I and they're I, winning now and they're and joel's playing like amazing again i know i, I, I follow them on my phone i'll catch a game here or there but it's not the way i'm usually am about like i have no buzz no because so, you want to talk about fatigue. Know ben simmons is that noose around our neck still on this team you, and it's I mean, like you, you want to talk about fatigue it's the sixers that's that they're they're just i just have such a fatigue and it's such a shame because we're all such basketball guys you know what i mean i mean it, it's just and they're like right there. They're just they just need a real coach and like a real point guard, and we don't have either right now because Doc Rivers has been nothing but a disappointment since he stepped onto this stepped into Philly. Can, we, go, can we go back to the Eagles real quick before we get ahead? Interesting. No, I just I, there's a lot of things that I think that was said that I think that we need to sort of just touch on a little bit. Like go right ahead. Like let's go back to the Andy Reid years of McNabb again. Okay. Donovan McNabb isn't the reason why we lost the Super Bowl. No. But Donovan McNabb is the reason. No, 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 no. He didn't throw three three interceptions that game. He didn't play one of the worst games of his fucking career in that game. Tell me he didn't throw three interceptions in that game. He did throw three interceptions in that game. Thank you. That's fucking disgusting. How many points did the defense give up? Don't care. I have a hundred million dollar quarterback. I have a hundred million dollar quarterback who throws three interceptions. this This is help. This is the point that I'm trying to make. McNabb, in my opinion, didn't lose us the Super Bowl in 05, okay? He was very much responsible for the long tenure that Andy Reid had in this city, right? We have to remember a few things about the NFL. It's not like the NBA where LeBron, Kobe, KD can take over a playoff stretch and run in the finals and win an NBA finals, right? We can agree with that, right? And if the f- football in the NFL is completely different, it's we would all agree that it's a 100% team game. We would sit here and say, listen, Patrick Mahomes is very good, right? But he's only as good as how good is Travis Kelsey? How good is Tyreek Hill? How good is that defense? It's much more of a team game that will, will transform you to win playoff games and win a Super Bowl. I mean – that that's why that's why I get frustrated when like, you know, you say something like McNabb is the reason we lost the Super Bowl. There's many reasons why we lost the Super Bowl. Just like it's not just Nick Foles is, uh, it wasn't just Nick Foles that helped us win the Super Bowl. It was Derek Barnett grabbing the fumble. It was Brandon Graham kicks. It was it was thank you, Brent. It was it was it was so many other pieces that had to come together to help win that. It's very rare that like you know. Ben Ben Roethlisberger throws a, a a strike in the corner of the end zone to Santonio San Holmes to win the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like 
but, but there's a culmination to that. That's why I think I don't think you can sit, sort of sit here and say like it was one person's reason why we didn't win. To played his fucking balls off. I don't disagree with you. If and I agree with you guys. If To and Donovan can get together past that, maybe we would have had a Super Bowl before then. But I don't think I don't think Donovan McNabb was. I don't think he thought too much of himself for for the city and for this team. I, I I don't agree with that one bit. Like he was, and people will argue today how much of a hall of famer he could be, whether I agree with that or not. Like, so did he not win it? No. Was he a part of that 17 years that I'm, that I'm sort of talking about with the Steelers? Yes. And that's what ma- I think makes it so frustrating to your point, Bill, is that you had that. We all had that. We didn't get it. And that's why moving, if you take those chunks and you move them to, okay, then you get to the Chip Kelly chunk and we were almost there. And then you get Bill Peterson and we win it. And we're like, yeah, let's keep doing it because we've never won it before. And all we think about is, oh man, the Bulls franchise, the Lakers franchise, the Patriots franchise. And we think, oh, well, we can do that. But that's not the way it is in the NFL. It isn't. The Patriots have, have ruined fandom for you know, the future of, of sports because they were such a, a franchise, so dominant for so long. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. That's, that's where I'll end it. All right. So one thing I wanted to ask you guys, and you guys might know it right away, but I can't think of it. And the whole uh, Big Ben, watching Big Ben last night, the whole thing, I think it was handled like, just like you said, this, like the Steelers handled their all, everything in their franchise for the most part. Total class. It was it was it was done very well. I think he was he was he was given the respect by the fans, by the organization. It was it was top notch, right? And very emotional. I don't I, I don't think, you know, we're not Steelers fans, but John, you hit it on the head. It's like, how can you not get feel something, you know, it, it just watching this it, it's it's a guy who gave his 18 years of his life to one city to one team, you know, and gave it all he had. Who's the last, who's the last Philly athlete to do that for Philly? Give it all he had. Dawkins? For Philly. No, Dawkins no. played elsewhere. No. Who's the last guy? I mean, I guess it'll be Kelsey. Well, I'm, I'm talking like, oh, past? Like, like in the past. You could uh did Chooch play for anybody else, or did he yeah, retire he with he us? Did. No, he went to, like, the Rangers or somebody in, like, the I just started thinking about it last That's, night. Uh, I, or was it Houston did he go to? He went somewhere in DH for, like, a year or two. I uh, think Brent, he tried to Brent do Selleck. Selleck. Yeah, exactly. A tight, a tight end. He was good, and I like Brent. He was a good guy. I, mean, I think I mean, some guy they drafted it never went to another team, but that was there yeah, for – Yeah, no, I mean, it's true because, I mean, Chase went somewhere. Ryan went somewhere. Yep. Jimmy went somewhere, you know, the core guys, Cole went somewhere, you know, yep. we shouldn't have let him leave. It's fucking terrible. We haven't let him leave. Yep. It makes me sick to my stomach still. Um, no, it's true. And I, and I think that's something that, you know, I think we were all ready. I know I, I, I guess I, you know, I say all, but I, I maybe not everybody on here, but we were ready for Wentz to be that. Yeah, guy. We, that's what I was going to get to. Bill, we were ready for uh, Carson power. to be the car guy. Like this power is be our guy. probably that guy. No. And Brian I, and Howard. Yeah, I he never played anywhere else. He played for the Braves. He went to the Braves. Yeah. He got hurt. He yeah, he got he got hurt a couple times, but he, he played for the Braves. 
I'm not he, finding he, a Jesse, single. You want to bomb it, Jesse? Look it up. You'll you throw up when you see him in the jersey. You'll throw up when yeah, you see. Yeah, he went him. to the Braves. Bill, I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong. I. I, I no, I remember being John, being in your house watching Carson, yeah, and I yeah. remember all of us looking at each other, being like, "We got the guy." Yeah, like, got yeah, no, I mean, we, but, but I mean, he was just even, even that seven and nine season, his rookie year, like he just had it. Like he's like, all right, big dude, got a big arm. And I think like, that, and I think that fueled a big part of our frustration and and shortened the fuse even more. It was like, here we go, dogs. Here Injury. we go again. You know, and here we go again. Injuries. Here we go again. Yeah. Are we not going to help the quarterback? Mental but, midget. You know, you couldn't handle the shit. But Jesse says it perfectly all the time. He's like, that injury broke him, right? And then it, he got broken even more when Nick did what he did. Now, 100%. I don't think that – I'm, I'm currently reading Fearless, Doug Pearson's book, so I'll, I'll, I'm getting more into this. But they from, – from what I'm gathering, it wasn't, an, it wasn't an ego thing at all. It was thank God we had Nick – because oh yeah, Doug Doug saw something in him and brought him here. Yeah, not for hey, when this when this happens, we have the guy. It was also he's a be a great mentor to our rookie quarterback. Yep, he's a great person and he gives it all. Like you know what I mean? Like and and that's what that's what was so great. Like you know, you think about other teams today, and I think someone touched on it maybe in the in one of the broadcasts over the weekend was like. You know, after Ben Roethlisberger, who do you have? After Baker Meat, and he's a bad example, but Aaron Rodgers, like, who do you have? Like, having that backup quarterback, a lot of teams take that for granted. And luckily for us, we've been on the the end for many years, going back to Jeff Garcia um, and, and countless other guys that I can't think of. All, you know, the Ty Detmer games, the Coy Detmer games, you know, that that they, they went in for McNabb and so on and so forth. Like, it's been great to have backup quarterbacks, and it's it's great. But I, I I'll disagree with you. I think yeah, we all thought that Wentz was the guy. We had our guy great, and then it didn't work out. And you know, again in Philly fashion, you know, we sort of turn into um, our own worst enemies. And I think that that's what a lot of Bills sort of feeling when he get when he talks about the fatigue and what you were saying, Matt, about the certain errors is that in in the McNabb Reed error. Yes, it was Reed fatigue. Then when we didn't have Reed and we got Chip Kelly, it was refreshing, but that turned into a fucking mess. And then we got a reprieve with Doug. And now we're like, we got rid of Doug, our saviors, quote unquote, right? And now we're into some unknown again. So we're in another stretch where we're like, we're not sure where it is. What's our quarterback? What are we going to do? And Philly fans are so easy to just, you know, one coach goes up and talks about flowers and he is a bumbling idiot and you know, blah 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 blah. It's like that's why I try to preach preach patience as a Phillies fan. Preaching patience. And Howard never played Major League Baseball for anybody other than the Phillies, but he signed with the Braves. He had a minor league contract with the Braves, and he had a minor league. He had a cup of coffee with the Braves, and he had a cup of coffee with the uh, the Rockies. But he played his whole Major League career with us. He he, he was never the same after after he blew his, his Achilles apart. I mean, the, the other guy, the guy that I, I could find is Mike Schmidt. Mike Schmidt played his whole career here. Yeah. But yeah, because even, even Rollins left, Utley left. Yeah. And then you start thinking about, okay, well, Reggie White. Nope. Reggie White went to the Packers. You know what I mean? Uh, Randall Cunningham went to the Vikings. 
Dallas uh, and 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 who else, and where else? You went somewhere else too. Yeah. But Matt, that whole idea too of like Baltimore. He was in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, that idea of of guys staying with their organization like Ben did for seventeen years. Okay. I know it's it's it, it's it's with, kind of archaic now, right? I mean, with money, like yeah, forget about it. You I, know know. I mean, like people were saying last night that Ben, Big Ben, you know, I think Antonio Brown said. About I'm not him. expecting anyone. I'm not expecting that to happen. I'm just I'm just sitting there laying in bed watching the tail end of it and watching him get his swan song, and I'm just like, damn, like I can't think of like the last like really primetime guy that we've had in, in Philly that stayed the entire time. Claude Giroux. <laughs> I mean, and, and you, you, you have to say about the, the Steelers, they are very good at um, drafting players. Like they constantly, they constantly have a, a you, you look at the, the success they've had over that, this, that run with, with Ben. And it wasn't just because of, Roethlisberger like all of the wide receivers that they've drafted all like all the running backs they've drafted they've drafted a lot of really good players um and look at like and like also to your point Jesse it's like they had uh Le'Veon Bell right we all Mm -hmm. thought like man the Steelers must be insane to like just let him walk right oh no oh James Conner he'll 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 he 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 moved some uh, some bodies around for them for a while, pretty pretty consistently, and then then they let him go, and then oh no, that now they got that young kid. What's his What's that kid's name? Najee. Um, yeah, I mean he's a bona fide stud. If every if his if his if all his legs and parts you know stay in where they're supposed to be, but like, I mean it's just you're right, Jesse. They just have this. They, they draft just, well. They draft very well, and and they develop well. So and and Matt. They draft well, and Jesse, you're right. They draft well, but again, in a span of twenty some years, two Super Bowls. Well, so well it took you, us. It took us how long to get one, John? So. It just shows you how, to to Bill's point, the lightning in the bottle has to happen, right? Or you mm-hmm. said that, and stars need to align. And yes, you do need to draft some decent players and get some free agents, but it's very hard. Yeah, and you got to get lucky. And you got to get lucky. We didn't have the Patriots. I think that you'd be a lot you just put you just introduced the elephant in the room. Not only did the Patriots or not only did the Steelers have to deal with the Patriots, mm-hmm. they also had to deal with the Colts. Colts. Yeah. Like when Ravens when, for a couple of years. When we had Andy, it was really us. The Eagles were the cream of the crop in the NFC for the majority of that run. We were constantly hosting NFC championship games. We were, we were yeah. constantly a high seed. We were the team. And then we shit the bed in the, the NFC championship game. Or we got out coached. Yes. Yep. Like, but, but the difference is, so we were getting beat by worse teams in the playoffs. Whereas the Steelers were getting beat by the best head coach quarterback combo in NFL history. And yeah. then getting beat by another hall of famer, in Peyton Manning and a great coach in, in, in Dungey. Like, mm-hmm. so you, you have to look at, yeah, they, they only had two in 20 years, but you also have to look at. And 10 in other years. Like they, they had a exactly. much, they had a much more difficult path to the Super Bowl than we yeah. ever did. And yeah. they got there much more often than we did. And they, I mean, and they also, they lost to the, 
Did they play? Didn't Steelers and Packers play? And that's the Packers game that they won. Correct. Yeah, that was the Packers. The Packers won. The Packers win. That was Rogers' uh, Super Bowl. So I mean, like they've gotten there three times, you know. But you know, I mean, listen. Do I do, do I think they're the gold standard? They're up there. They're top ten, top five, maybe you could argue. But that's what I mean. Like they're a perfect example of a team that I always say, like, give me a team who's built, has a lot of structure. You know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Big Ben. I, last night I'm sitting in bed. I'm like, this would be a perfect team for Russell Wilson to go to. I I wouldn't have defense. They have wide receivers. If Juju comes back, they can get one or two. They got a running game. Fix yeah, the they line. Don't, they don't need they they can they much. Well, and they're a team that could trade first round picks to entice Seattle to Deshaun Watson. I mean, I, I doubt it, but you know what I mean? Like well, I mean, they already have a rapist on the team now. What's another rapist? Aaron, I mean, if Aaron Rodgers pisses in his Wheaties more, like he could go, you know what I mean? Like but, that's where and yeah, if you're if you're if you're if you're um, Russ or you're Rogers, and you don't want to you want to go to the easier conference, you're going to go to the NFC, and the or or not so much the NFC, but like you have you have two choices really. You have the AFC and the Steelers, which are a, almost a turnkey team, and then you've got the you, you've but but yeah, so it's or not both teams, but like both quarterbacks would have a choice. Like you, you can go to a turnkey team and there's not really many more turnkey teams than the Steelers. Like Rogers would make them a, a super bowl favorite. Uh, Russ would make them a super bowl favorite. Like, so you don't need to give up much yeah. to, to get him. And again, you're, you're close enough. You can give those picks away and have it not, not kill you. I, I think that, and I think as a, as a fan base, they are pa- just as passionate um, as the Eagles. I mean, granted, I mean, years ago, we were the same team. We were the Steagles, right? Um, so they're cut from, we're all cut from the same cloth, right? We, we have a, a small percentage of Steelers fan blood in us. Oh, those Yinzers travel well. So, you know, again, again just to recap, watching that, seeing that, and and experiencing that live and seeing Ben Roethlisberger be emotional and all that fun stuff is great to watch as a football fan. But that's why I mean, like sometimes we take for granted, like Matt was saying, like you know, yeah, the Eagles, Andy Reid era, and man, there were some great times to watch football and be with friends and experience it. But you know, we 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 get a little fatigued, and I think that's what Bill was feeling, still to this day about it, and. I think that's why, like, I think patience and, and just embracing a little bit more. We are so, you know, I am the worst person on Twitter and, and keeping up with all the shit that people are saying. And it it just gets worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And one press conference turns the entire city against an entire organization. And it's like, Jesus, well, did they do that in fucking, did they do that in New England for 12, 15 years? No, they didn't. They didn't. But- my final thought on all this, and to your John, to your point, John, I think you mentioned patience, right? Um, but also, you know, what I've kind of learned over the past handful of years, you know, being a a fan of these teams that we're gonna watch. Like, I mean, I don't care what you say, um, how negative you are about anything. We're gonna watch because we love them. 
Um, you know, it's just, it's, we were brought up on these teams. We were raised to love them. I mean, it's just part of our, it's part of our culture, part of our livelihood. Um, but one of the things that I've tried to really just embrace is just, you know, take it for what it is, win or lose. Um, it's, it's a little harder is some weeks than others. Um, because we are passionate, we we want to win uh, as fans just as much as I think these these players say they want to win. Um, but like you know, with the Sixers, it's like you know, I, I know I'm going to watch them. Not only do I love the Sixers, I love basketball. So it's like you know, I, I don't know. I just try to take it take it for what it is, win or lose, and um, just try to have fun, just being a fan. Um, because I think sometimes, to your point earlier, John, I think we're our own worst enemy sometimes, you know. Um, I, and I also just I'm trying not to have such high expectations right away. Um, and I think it's it, it will over time. It 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 kind of it just helps me enjoy watching these teams as a fan. And um, it just it's it's not as like it doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't. It shouldn't be. You know. Um, I just, just take it for what it is and enjoy it. And, um, and, you know, you, you'll start to surprise yourself a little bit, you know, um, I didn't think in 2017 for one bit that I think that they were going to win a Super Bowl, Right. And that was before the Carson Wentz injury or after it, I was just enjoying the ride and saying, Oh my God, what if this, you know, what if this, what if this, right? I never Never any season do I go, we're going to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, you would be crazy to think that. You know what I mean? Like, in the back of your mind, you're like, oh, of course, I would love every year to go to it. But it's just not reality, you know? But, yeah, it's, it's – And I think that's what the the bag of goods that was sold to us with the Sixers is like, hey, yes. man, we're going to tank, but it'll be worth it because on the other side of this, it, it was almost like we were – we were owed a championship at that point. It was like we signed a deal with the devil. You know, it was like he he came to us and said, if you do this, if you shit on yourself for six seasons, be a complete embarrassment to the world of basketball. I assure you, you will be, you know, you will be, you know, uh, 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 take it to the promised land. And it, there's no guarantee. There's never any guarantee. And look what happened. We would all, if, if Matt, if, if they actually, if, when they said that and we were actually going to win a soup, like a champ, an NBA championship, people would, you know, people would dance outside with no clothes on if they thought that they could win one. Right. We would all do it. I mean, you know? and, and listen, they weren't far that far off in their defense. Yeah. Joel Embiid, generational talent. Right. Uh, yeah. Ben Simmons, first round pick. You need you know, that one guy. It, it, you know, it just, we were, you know, we, we had the core support. We had a, a solid bench. We had shooters and JJ Redick. We had the free agent and Jimmy Butler. I mean, we had all the things going. It just, it didn't all align. It didn't, the lightning didn't hit that bottle like it did for the Eagles. You know what I mean? I mean, I think it struck around it a couple times, you know, made ding the, the rim of it, you know, um, but it just it didn't hit, you know, and that's why it's just after all that, it's just kind of like, you know what, man, just like 
I, I, I watch selfishly now because for my own reasons, you know, and it's, it's not because I think it's our year anymore or anything like that. And, you know, that's probably where my, where my five win prediction came from, because I'm just like, you, you don't know. I mean, I don't know. Hey, it could have I'm, went the exact opposite way too. And you would have been exactly correct. Like we, you're exactly right. We never know. So I, I, you know, but that's why we turn on, 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 I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like we're playing NFL games every, every day of the week now, but like, you know, that's why we turn it on on Sundays most times. So, um, the unfortunate thing with the Sixers, I think, and I touched on earlier today was, you know, it's going to be hard to sort of build that fan base back, you know, Granted, I think they're kind of a, what have you done for me lately? And if they went on a 27-game winning streak, they would be on ESPN and everybody would be talking to town. But that fan base is kind of hard to bring back, I think, in my opinion. Like, you know, after what happened and this ownership group, like, who's going who's gonna to believe what they say or do without some action? Just going to have to win. They're just gonna have to win. They're gonna yeah. have to. They're gonna have to. They're gonna have to win us back on the court. I mean, that's yeah. just it. I mean, Al Davis got it right, man. Just win, baby. You know, right. that's that's it. At the end of the day, I mean, you can bring in whoever you want, any flashy, you know, free agent. Throw all this money around. And it doesn't matter if you're not. If you don't win, if you don't bring it home. At the end of the day, it's you're gonna lose people. But mm-hmm. just win. You know, hey, before we wrap, uh, I want to I want to test your guys knowledge here a little bit. I got this uh, football trivia game over the holidays and I'm like, I got to share this with the guys. So hands up, hands up, hands up, hands up, Bill's hands. no phones, no, no. Yeah, Bill's there. There he is. There's hands. Okay. (laughs) Question. No, so, so some of these, you know, it's all football related, but some of them, you know, deal directly with the Eagles. Some of them deal directly with, you know, things that are associated with the Eagles here or there. Some of them are just straight football. But here, question one What was the importance of the 1939 game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Brooklyn Dodgers? There was a significant importance behind that game that made it historical. Yeah. What was here? What? What year? 1939. Jesus. Maybe the last game that the Dodgers played as an organization? It's a good guess. But you said Eagles and Dodgers. Yes. The, there was a game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1939. What was the significant importance behind that game? What ultimately made it so historic? It was, uh, it was Jackie Robinson. I, I don't know. I you don't up. know? It was the first to be televised. First game ever to be televised. I didn't realize the Brooklyn Dodgers were a football team. Me neither. Who would have thunk? thunk? I wonder what they turned into. A baseball team? No, they're... It was like the no, they probably got moved or turned into something else. Oh, oh, you mean the fran- the franchise as a whole? Yeah, 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 probably. Maybe became the Giants or some shit. Who knows? Um, okay, next question. 
Randy Moss owns a smoothie franchise. True or false? Oh, man. I'm going to say true. Yeah, I'm going to say true. Bill? False. It is actually a fact. Randy Moss <laughs> does own a smoothie franchise. Which smoothie franchise is it? Smoothie? It doesn't say. <laughs> Probably Smoothie King. Like that's like an odd quote. Like that's a question. Like you kind of know. He probably owns like twelve Smoothie Kings or something. You know. <laughs> um, let me see. Okay, here you go. Who is the only NF or the only player in NFL history to score a touchdown against all thirty-two teams? Larry Rice. Close. Barry Sanders. Here's a hint. We talked about this player on the podcast tonight. Terrell Owens. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> Touchy subject. He scored a touchdown against all 32 teams. Uh, all right, here's a gimme. And, Bill, I want, I want this answer with some enthusiasm, sir. Mm-hmm. What quarterback was the victim of the infamous butt fumble? Mark Sanchez. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. Where's my where's my college football question? I had a college one in here. Oh God. Because I know I know we have some college football fans. Jesse, we uh, guaranteed of Alabama victory or what? We get no guarantees? It's gonna be tough. Like to beat the same team you just beat. Off my balls. Every Alabama fan. Oh. <laughs> They're gonna win my three touchdowns. <laughs> It's going to be 14 to 10 at halftime. Everyone's going to be like, oh, my God, it's a game. And then they're going to win 38 to 21. Put it in the books. Oh, boy. We know how Bill feels. I'm trying to find – oh, man, I'm trying to find that college question. I must have tucked it away for another, for another episode. It I'll might give be you one. probably with Matt's college football draft notes. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to find it. It was a pretty good. It was a pretty good one. I mean, I say that because I don't know anything about college football, but oh well. Uh, let me see. I'm trying to find one more, one more, one more brain buster for you. Oh, here it is. I found it. Who was the first African American football player to win a Heisman Trophy? Yes, you should know this. Uh, no, uh, is it Jim Brown? Nope. Is he an Alabama player? I don't know. It doesn't say, and nor would I know. Because <laughs> I know Jim Thorpe was one of the first that was like Native American. I thought it'd be Jim Brown. So I thought it was too, Jesse. Uh, Ernie, Ernie Banks or Sims or Ernie Davis. Ernie, da- that's the, from Syracuse. Yep. I was gonna say it's the guy from the Dennis Quaid movie when he was the head coach, and uh, that's Jim Brown, isn't it? No, no, Syracuse. is the guy J- Jesse was talking about. He it was, it was a movie like a Disney movie, and I think it was Dennis Quaid was the head coach in that movie. Yeah, it was Dennis like, Quaid's the it, coach. Doesn't doesn't Dennis Quaid play Dick Vermeil in All American? It yeah. it was like a really sad. Like I think he died of like leukemia or like. Yeah, it was when like he didn't like he was in the NFL for like a little bit, but then he got like hurt, and it was when like you know 
it was a different time in the in in the world then, unfortunately. Yeah, I think cancer ate him up like real quick. All right, I got one more. I got one more. This is way random. What did cornerback Daryl Green stuff in his socks, claiming they made him run faster? This was on Peyton's places. Claimed it made him run faster. He stuffed them in his socks. Not weird. One of them weird superstitions. It wasn't Skittles. It was Tootsie Rolls. I don't. I, I, I don't know. What, what, what did the Tootsie Roll like? Was it like a, a sheet of acid? It like absorbed into his skin or some shit? I don't know. I feel like if you landed on that, that would hurt so bad, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it was like on your like shin or like down low, and you, somebody landed on you, that would hurt. Hard yeah. Tootsie Roll. Yeah. Jesse was the Express. That was the movie. Oh. Yeah. That was a good movie. It was. No, it, it, it's about Ernie Davis. Oh, okay. He, he's like, it was about him. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, yeah, and he was, was the coach. I, I knew I, I knew that. Cause I remember the one game he wasn't going to play because it was like a racial thing. Dennis was like, he's going to play. Like, he got crazy with the guy. Like, uh, he's going in. Let me, let me guess his nostrils flared up. The old Dennis yeah. Quaid nostril flare. Yeah, no, it was a good movie. It was still, but it was sad though because something happened and like, uh, uh, let's see, I forget what it was. Yeah, he died. Yeah, he like it was a can. He he like died in his early twenty, like mid twenties, and he like it was some shit. And I believe he was almost as good at, in. Um, he was one of the best lacrosse players in the country as well. Oh, was he? If I remember correctly, yeah, like. Yeah, a lot of these guys are multi-talented, like like sport-wise, like they're just super athletic. Some of these guys are just like crazy athletic. Well, and because he came from upstate New York, and like that area is is real big in into uh, lacrosse. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, no, the, the, Syracuse is always a, with like John Hopkins and all those guys, like big-time lacrosse schools. Well, that about rounds it up, fellas. I think we covered a lot. We got we covered some, 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 uh, some, some cards, some vinyl. We had some, some, some Eagles throwback talk. The good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. We covered in some Sixers. We learned some new, some, some trivia. So all good things. Um, oh, uh, Rob Memfred's a bitch. Okay, that too. Okay, he, he had um. <laughs> He had uh, what's his name? Uh, he had uh, the uh, Ken Rosenthal fired from um, MLB. Yeah. Because was, I think I heard MLB owns part of the MLB network or yeah. owns the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. So, so he was a little too. Um, he came down a little too hard on the commissioner for the commissioner's liking. So he had the league fire their best writer or their best reporter. Gonna miss all blue tie. He'll he'll, he'll go to like somewhere else. He'll he'll end up on ESPN while the league is locked out because this idiot can't fucking run a league. Let's. Yeah, I I don't get how Manfred still has a job. Like he has like I don't know anything he's done well. Like I don't think he's done anything good. Well, I guess the owners put at it like the the deal that they got with Nike for the merch. 
and um, the new TV deal they got for the playoffs, which is massive. But like a monkey could have gotten could have negotiated that deal like a nutless monkey could do your job. Yeah, like anybody could have done that. He just happened to be the guy that that was in the spot like it wasn't like those deals were agreed of in spite of him, not through his brilliance. Like this is a fucking piece of shit that, that just thinks of the the world series trophy is just a thing that you put on some, on your desk. Like he is the worst thing for the, for the sport of baseball. Well, I couldn't think of a more negative note to, to leave with than that. Um, So for everyone, JLo, thank you for those nuggets of knowledge. Big John Stud, always keeping the glass half full for us. Trying. Wild Bill. Yep. Stay safe, my friend. Metal Matt. Go birds. 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 Go birds.